Welcome to the Upwards Positive Podcast with your hosts, Dave and Tim. Journey to positive thinking through stories, music, movies, and much more. Join the guides as they help provide you with positive thinking and ideas to help you through hard times and the journey of life. Hey guys, welcome to the Upwards Positive Podcast. Myself, Dave Thomas, tonight with Tim Mazzarana and our special friend, Chris Ham, who we've known for a very long time, actually in a different industry, the outdoor industry. But Chris, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you coming on tonight. Hey, it's a pleasure to pleasure to be here. So Chris, we, um, as you know, from us, for me, at least talking to you about the show and stuff, we've really come to this like idea of what can you do in your life to stay positive and do that. But in order to do that, you obviously, uh, most people have overcome something in their life. For me, my dad passed away many years ago. So that was a big thing I overcame for Tim. It's just having his ugly looks. He had to overcome that as a still kid. working on that one. Easy now. Easy. <laughs> Man, what do you guys say about me when I'm not on the air? <laughs> so I guess let's, I don't know. just tell everybody about yourself a little bit. Then maybe some things you've overcome. That'd be pretty cool. You know, some topics to talk about. Yeah. So I've, uh, well, I should say born and raised in Wisconsin, but actually I wasn't, uh, even though we're, you know, me from the archery side of things, you know, I, I own an archery company and uh, my dad originally started that back in the mid eighties, but uh, he and my mom were both born here in central Wisconsin, but then he had to move to Minnesota for work in the early seventies. So I was actually born out in Minnesota, 75, we moved back here in 78. So I have no, I have no recollection of Minnesota at all. So I'm a, I guess I'm still a cheesehead through and through. So um we won't hold that against you yeah please don't <laughs> um but yeah i mean i had a had a good upbringing i mean two two awesome parents and uh older brother and sister and uh you know grew up in a family business went off to to tech school for a couple of years to um my dad made me go to school because he didn't wasn't gonna let me just come right back to work so i had to do that but um yeah, life was life was good in the mid uh, mid nineties. I uh, is when I graduated, and then um, just kind of tried to check everything off the bucket list. You know, I wanted the job, I wanted the house, I wanted the wanted the wife, I wanted to make a bunch of money, all that stuff, and um, <clears throat> kind of progressed through you know the next half dozen years or so, and uh, was in the process of living happily ever after. But then um, you talk about overcoming stuff. Uh, alcohol was my was my vice. I didn't start drinking until I was 22 years old and actually did that by accident. Um, I was in a busy bar one night and I got served a, a mix of cranberria and orange juice, which cranberry is actually a, a cranberry liqueur. I had no idea. I just thought it was some skunky, skunky cranberry juice that I got <laughs> from the bartender. And then when I was about three in and, and the room was starting to spin, I realized there was something funny going on. So anyway, um, Long story short, I ended up uh, going down a pretty dark path and got divorced in 2010 and hit rock bottom, even though, I mean, you guys knew me back then um, from the curb, you probably couldn't tell anything was wrong. I think I did a pretty good job of hiding that. And in the outdoor industry, if you drink, you're cool. You know, I mean, yeah. that's kind of the kind of the thing. So I really bought into that because, I mean, I wasn't a popular kid in high school or, or college, so I was kind of searching for myself in my 20s and our our business growing and my popularity out on the social scene kind of went hand in hand and I, I credited one for the other and it was it was a complete lie. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I got in a pretty bad spot, you know, for a couple of years after my divorce to the point where um, 
there were nights that I would drive home and not remember how I got there. I had two escape routes to get from the bar district back to my house, which was about a 10 minute drive. And there was probably a couple dozen nights where I woke up and I'm like, okay, the truck is in the garage. I'm in my bed, but I don't remember how I got here. And I still don't. <clears throat> and it wasn't until um, I met my wife at the end of 2011 that my life started to change, or at least I knew that it had to. Um, and uh, I, was, I was born and raised in, in, in a Catholic family. Uh, my dad got away from his faith when I was a young man. So I just kind of followed suit and I wanted to be like dad. So I did the same thing and really fell away from my faith. Um, even though I believed in God, I was, I was an emergency Christian. So, I mean, I would go on Christmas yeah. and Easter. And if I had a problem, I'm like, God, where are you? I, I need some help down here. But I wasn't, I wasn't walking the walk at all. Um, it was really just all about myself. And so after my divorce, that became even more prevalent because I was, I was just all about having fun. And here I was a 36 year old guy in a successful business acting like a, a college kid, you know, and uh, it, it took me three or four years of, of being with her to finally realize that I can't, I can't straddle both, both sides of this fence anymore. And uh, 2015, I finally, I, it was to the point where she was either going to leave or I was going to end up in the ditch or in the ground or in jail, one of the three. And I just decided I can't do this anymore. And I asked her if I could go to church with her. And uh, Dave, I know you and I've talked over the years. I know you're a big, big music guy. I'm a big music guy too. Um, her, my wife's father started, helped start our, the church that we belong to back in the eighties. And um, I walk in, it's an assembly of God church. And the first thing we do, everybody stands up and the worship band comes out and I'm like, okay, where's all the, where's all the incense? Where's all the, where's the organ? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and it, it was 180 degrees from any church that I had ever been to. And I was, I'm like, Hey, this, this, there, there might be something to this. And then, you know, yeah. as I started going back every Sunday, the, the teachings were so practical. Um, and, and that was really kind of my aha moment. It still took me, you know, that was 2015. It took me almost probably another year and a half to finally give my life to Christ. And when I did that, it was like, the light day. just went on. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was, I, I can't describe, unless you've been there and felt that and experienced it, it, it's hard to put into words. And I mean, I'm not a guy that, that is seldom at a loss of words, but the things that have happened in my life in the last almost six years now you you can't make up the the greatest writer in in movie history couldn't couldn't pen some of these things and it's just uh i just i just shake my head at the at the grace that i've been given by god and all of the connections that he put in place you know i look at i look at everybody that i've met in the hunting industry now and now i know why you know it yeah. is it is absolutely amazing when, when, and, and I think Christians get this, but, and I think non-Christians get it too, but they don't realize it until you have that moment of just sacrifice and giving up your, your life for following, you know, Jesus and, and taking that journey with him side by side is when, when you, when you scream out, you know, open my eye, when you, when you're praying and you're, you're talking about opening your eyes, right? We all have eyes. We've seen our whole life, but when you actually are a believer and you're walking side by side with Jesus, the things that you can see going on in your life that he's allowing to happen 
are just absolutely amazing compared to those times before when you were blind. There's that whole, I was blind and now I can see thing. And it's absolutely without a doubt, 100% true that you become blinded by the world and you can become blinded by blaming others for your problems or thinking that you can do things on your own or that you are doing things on your own. The success that you have is all because of you and all that kind of stuff. But until your eyes become open to really the, that spiritual world and really seeing what God is allowing in your life and allowing to happen, it is such a joy once your eyes open to be able to recognize that, isn't it? It is. And I mean, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of things in this world that, that pull us away from who we should be, but, but they're not the source of the problem. We are. And our, got it. The, the sin that is in our heart is the, that's where it's at. I mean, you yep. know alcohol, money, women, drugs, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, those are problems, but but ultimately it starts in here. Yeah, I tell my wife that all the time. She doesn't she doesn't quite get it, you know. I tell you, I tell you babe, women are the problem, you know. No, but I'm just kidding. To to that point though, I was actually going to say because when you were telling your story, a couple of things that that kind of stuck out to me was number 1, having a good woman behind you somebody that can that can come alongside you that you respect that you love that you can build a foundation with Christ around can save you i mean it is absolutely amazing how much god can work through those that are next to you and with you um, and your spouse to, to open your eyes to, you know, him and to his life and what he's done for you and that's absolutely amazing that that can happen but before anything that like that can happen i think a lot of the times People have to hit rock bottom. You know, I know I've been there and, and I don't think until you hit rock bottom, you don't realize how bad you, how bad things are and how out of control things have gotten because you haven't had that moment where you just break down and say, what am I doing, man? Enough is enough, you know? And I, I've been there in my own life and, you know, there was a period of time where, you know, went to college, out of college, got a job, started drinking a lot, you know, got married, had kid, that kind of thing. And it wasn't until I got myself in this pattern of going to work and drinking and going to work and drinking and going to work and drinking. Um, and my wife was slowly dripping in my life at that time, right? Like we, she grew up in the church. I grew up in the church. I kind of lost my way, but she, we had a child and we just kind of, she was slowly dripping on me, dripping on me. And we finally, you know, got back into really a good church with a good message that spoke. And as soon as I walked in the doors and heard the very first message again for the first time, um, your eyes just kind of opened up and you're like, man, what, what have I been doing the last six years, you know? And so you make those changes and partly for the wife, partly for the kids, but mostly and, and most importantly, because I recognize what Jesus has done for me in order to be able to walk alongside him or him, him alongside me. Um, and really open those doors and open my eyes to what's going on in my own life. So no, it's amazing. And I mean, one thing, you know, before I got saved or born again, I mean, there was, there's a, so many stereotypes about Christians out there. I mean, you hear that and you're like, oh boy, here's a guy standing on the corner with, uh, with a robe and sandals on, and he's going to whack me upside the head with a copy of the new Testament. You know, it's like yeah. <laughs> the, 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 you know, the stereotypical Bible bangers, but I mean, that, that wasn't what my wife was. That's not what my in-laws are. I mean, they're yep. just, they're just good people, but, but they're different. They're, they're different than anything that you'll ever experience. And you, you don't really know that until you experience it. And then once you, once you are that person, I mean, I've always had, I shouldn't say always, but since probably since I got out of uh, tech school, I've always had a, 
I don't, I don't know if it's a magnetic personality, but I like to talk to people. I'm outgoing. So I, I have a tendency to draw people in. But for the first 20 years of my adult life, it was for my own gain. And, and now I have that influence, but it's not about me anymore. And right. that, that is so cool. Because I mean, um, I don't know if you guys, did you guys go to the prayer breakfast at the ATA show last year? No, we did not. Okay, so I went, I went to that, I got invited to give my testimony behind or in front of Dave Blanton. So I'm hitting lead off for Dave Blanton. And, awesome. and that didn't intimidate me because I mean, <laughs> I've been in this industry long enough that, that the, the celebrities in our industry don't, it's not a big deal. They put their pants on one leg at a time, just like I do. But a year and a half ago, I wasn't as comfortable in my skin and in my, my new skin as a Christian to get up in front of 350 people and share my testimony. So yeah. Um, cool God story. It was November of 19 and I'm driving out to my farm, which is about 20 minutes from my house here to hunt for the afternoon. And I get a phone call and it's Howard Tripp. He's the gentleman that runs Target the Heart prayer breakfast. And I knew what he was calling for. We had a mutual friend that's like, Chris Ham's got an awesome testimony. You got to get him to speak at the prayer breakfast. And my dad had just passed away. Uh, 2019 was not a great year in the archery industry. Um, we weren't having a great year and I, the enemy was throwing every excuse at me why I should not speak at that breakfast. And I, I was literally getting ready to pull into the farm. So I didn't, um, didn't answer. I let it go to my voicemail. I listened to my message when I got in my blind and I knew what it was all about. And I'm like, nope, not going to do it. And sent his wife an email that Sunday night and slept like a baby and didn't think, didn't have a second thought. Monday afternoon, I'm heading back out to the farm, almost the same exact spot on the highway. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I just felt God telling me somebody in that room needs to hear your story. Yep. And, and I went from a hard no to a hard yes, just like that. Just like that. I'm like, yeah. Who, who, I might, to, who might argue with that? To be to yeah. be quite honest, no, I mean, you're, you're absolutely. And, and to be quite honest, when when Dave and I kind of were thinking about this idea of, of the podcast that we're doing right now, one of the things that went through my head is, you know, gee, I, you know, I, I love this idea and I love the idea from the standpoint of, I think that the most powerful speech that somebody can give another person is testimony. Absolutely. It's not, it's not knowledge that they read from a book. It's not anything like that. It's something that that person has actually experienced that can speak truth into somebody else's life. And that's what really kind of like, that, that's what I love about this and this conversation that even we're having is that there's so many people that can relate to your story about what you've been through and, and the, the struggles that you've had and the rock bottom that you hit and everything like that. And somebody out there is going to listen to this and say, I'm going through that right now. And, and no offense, Chris, but if you can do it, they can do it. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah. So and I, that, I, I love the power of testimony when it comes to speaking into people's lives, because when you try to throw the Bible at them, when you try to just preach at somebody, you know, if their eyes aren't open, if their ears aren't listening, it's not going to be heard. But one thing that they can usually relate with, relate with is other experiences people are going through that's the same as theirs. And I think that's where a lot of it starts. And that's how God uses us a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, he uses everything, even the, even the junk in our lives. You know, I'm a huge Zach Williams fan. I don't know. I think I, I, think I might have sent you guys a, a Zach Williams song. I mean, he's yeah, a guy clean. that... Uh, he was into uh, drugs and alcohol for 15 years, a big party guy in this band. And he just, he hit rock bottom and realized, man, I can't do this anymore. And so, I mean, that, that song Chainbreaker was his big kind of breakthrough hit that came out the summer that I was 
getting saved. I mean, I didn't have a, I didn't have a one moment, but it was kind of a gradual process over a few months that it happened. And that song came out and I'm like, man, this, this guy's me with a guitar in his hand. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, his, his testimony, even though I didn't, you know, I watched it on YouTube and it, it comes out in his music, but it's so powerful, you know, yeah. and then, and then fast forward to, to last January, you know, at the ATA show, 350 people. And I've, I've got a friend of mine. He's a, he's a pastor. I met him through doing my archery shoots. Um, he traveled with me to ATA and I woke up at like five in the morning. I, I was showering first and I'm, I'm in the shower. And I'm like, man, I got nothing. You know, I, I have to get up and talk for 10 or 15 minutes and I'm, I'm blank. And I get out of the shower and like, Leroy, I'm like, dude, I got nothing. What am I going to do? Blank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, brother, don't worry about it. He's like, it happens to me every Sunday. And I'm like, oh, that, that's, <laughs> that makes me feel good. <laughs> That's um, kind of how we go into this podcast. Like, Dave, what are we going to talk about today? I don't know. Let's I just start. Idea. <laughs> I mean, that was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. But I mean, your your testimony is yours. You know it inside and out. So I mean, you shouldn't have to rehearse it. It should just come out. And I mean, I, I can't tell you word for word what those 13 minutes were. Right. It felt, it felt like two. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, 19 people gave their lives to Christ that morning. Wow, man, that's wow. amazing. And, and one of them being a very, very close friend of mine in the archery industry for the last 20 years that I had been, Levi Morgan actually was witnessing to him through his Instagram feed. And uh, we had actually, we had a, we we're rewinding back to 2019 ATA. I walked into the show and um, we were going out to dinner and my, my buddy Chuck's like, hey, how'd your day go? And I'm like, oh man, awesome, awesome day. I said, a ton of divine appointments. And he's like, What's the divine appointment? What are you talking about? And it, it just came out. I, I wasn't intentionally trying to trying to bait him into a conversation about faith, but it just it came out. So we, uh, we went, went back to the table and sat down and I explained what a divine appointment was. And then he starts talking about Levi. He's like, yeah, it was about a year ago that Levi started posting a lot of stuff on, on Instagram. And I was, you know, I'm really digging it. And I was texting him. And, um, and then all of a sudden, because he's sitting right across from me, and all of a sudden he gets this look on his face like he'd seen a ghost. And I'm like, what? And he's like, and, and, you know, you guys know ATA, there's eight, 10,000 people in town, hundreds yeah. of restaurants in downtown Indy. Levi and Samantha Morgan literally walked right behind us right when we were talking about them. Too funny. And I'm like, Chuck, that's a divine appointment. <laughs> that's awesome, man. I love it. I love it. Um, I don't know if you're a big, I, I don't know if you're a big Creed fan at all, but that when, when you started talking about the, um, you know, the testimony of, of musicians and that kind of thing, uh, Scott Stapp, who was the lead, lead singer of Creed, um, drug addiction, you know, that kind of thing. Um, man, one of the most powerful testimonies that I've ever read was, was, was his book that he did on his own life, um, you know, through his struggles of growing up and, um, you know, the band that he was in and, and kind of the messages behind his songs and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if you've read that, if you haven't, cool. But I, I say that because I, I think for a lot of people that could be a very strong testimony in and of itself. Um, you know, seeing somebody that was at the top of the game in the music industry, you know, had everything going for him, but in, in his real world, it was falling apart, just absolutely falling apart. And you might not see that, um, you know, day to day, you might not realize that that was what was going on, you know, in his own life. Um, but just man, powerful stuff in, re in regards to how God can change you in a, in a second. Yeah, well, and I mean, that's the same thing that happened to me in the archery industry. I mean, most people didn't know, other than my real close friends, what was going on. You know, they just, ah, Chris is out getting hammered again. He's out having fun tonight, but they didn't know why I was doing it. You yeah. Know? So, um, no, it, it's been it's been cool. And I mean, then I got a I got a text from a buddy of mine in the industry that was at that breakfast, and a friend of his that was there is going through some struggles with alcohol right now, and so this was like 
six weeks ago and he's like, Hey, would you mind talking to my buddy? He's like, he's really having a hard time right now. And he was really moved by your testimony. Would you, would you talk to him? And so like a week later, I called him and we talked for like an hour on a Saturday. And I mean, I just, I was, I felt like when we got off the phone, I felt like I knew him for 20 years. Yeah. You saw yourself in a way, right? Bared our souls to each (laughs) other. I told him a lot of my junk and he shared some of his with me and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm here. So I've, I've texted him every day since then. Um, and he's now, man, he's got to be 40 days sober. He's going to AA, but, and, and so I'll find a, you know, Christian song that I like on YouTube and boop, send that off to him and have a great day, brother. You know? And I mean, it's just, that doesn't take a lot of time for as much time as we spend on our phones. It's like, why, why don't we use some of it for doing kingdom work instead of buy, buying more NASCAR t-shirts? Yeah, no, no, no. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Nothing right. against that, but. That's part of what Dave and I just recently talked about is, you know, how to stay positive and doing checklists. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about is just, is just calling your mom or calling somebody that you haven't talked to in a while, you know, and checking up on them and checking up on that person that, that, you know, just comes to your heart in regards to, you know, you know, it might be struggling and you haven't talked to them in a while. You, I mean, the, the, the way that you can open up somebody's heart just by a simple text message or a phone call is, you know, can work wonders sometimes. I was thinking about, you guys were talking about earlier about the, you know, you weren't going to talk and you decided to talk and it definitely could have helped somebody in that moment. But I started thinking about when you said that I was thinking about, well, not only could it help somebody in the moment, but then you get the snowball effect where maybe it inspired someone else that they should speak up and then they should speak up. Right. So it kind of brings this chain uh, of snowball effect, whatever you want to call it, like going forward and pushing people to, um, to stand up or not be nervous to talk themselves. So. No, that, that is so true. I mean, that's one thing that I got hung up on initially when I became a Christian and it was like, now I need to, I need to have the fruit. I got to see the fruit to know that I'm doing my work, but I mean, that that's not how it works. No. Uh, and, it, and it took me a while to release that, but I mean, there, there's so much stuff that's going to come out of, like you said, there might've been some, somebody sitting in that room that I'm never going to talk to in this life, but they were impacted by what I said. And they maybe had a hard conversation with a family member that was going through something like I did or a friend of theirs. And I mean, like you said, it just snowballs. Yeah. It, yeah. Took, you know. it took me a long time to realize that because I was one of those guys or, or, you know, being very, very strong in faith and that kind of thing. Like I wanted everybody to believe, you know, what I believe and think how I think. And if you're not, you're wrong, that kind of thing. And I struggled with that for a little bit, but it, it took me a long time to actually realize that God doesn't want everybody to grow the plant. He needs people to plant the seed as well. And sometimes you plant the seed and sometimes you grow the seed and you don't get to choose necessarily what you do. And you don't always know what you do. Um, You know, you don't know that you, you planted a seed by letting that person turn left in front of you, you know, at the, at the stop sign that you were just at, instead of going in front of that. (laughs) That, that, I don't know what I feel about this. What's going on? Is this 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 a a divine message through here? A divine appointment? (laughs) Wow. I've been blessed. I told you guys. Maybe, I guess, I. well, I don't know what's happening. Hold on a minute. (laughs) That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. Oh, I absolutely love it. But <laughs> yeah, you're, you you look better now, Dave. I don't know what's the issue. We've been having this issue like where I'll have like, it's almost like I'm on green screen, but I'm not. I'll do it behind me. Sometimes my hat will turn like a different color. It's really weird. We, we tried <laughs> we tried to talk Dave into, into uh, recognizing that he has ghosts in his house and he hasn't slept in a week. <laughs> um, That's not true. Listen to scary stories doesn't let me sleep in a week. Yeah, yeah no doubt. But 
Yeah. So I don't know, man. It, 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 it's a struggle because you, you never know how you're going to affect somebody. You really don't. And you don't know if you're going to plant the seed. You don't know if you're going to grow the seed. We'll find out later, later down the road, probably well, I mean, journey, you know, my big thing. And I don't know, this hit me about six months ago. I don't know where I got it from. If I read it on a book or, or what I did, but I just, every morning, you know, I get up, I, I, I'm up by five, five thirty on an average day weekends. I might sleep in a little bit, but first thing I do, I, I hop on my, I'm on the U version Bible app. So I do, you know, knock out my stuff on there before my feet ever hit the floor. And then I get in the shower. And, and when I'm in the shower, I usually pray. And I just ask God to send me, send me one person today that you want me to, to minister to. Maybe yep. even minister to, but, but to love on, you know? And I mean, with all the connections I've got in the archery industry, sometimes it'll be right away. Sometimes it'll be when I'm eating breakfast. Sometimes it'll be when I'm sitting here typing an email. It's like, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta check in and see how they're doing. And like you say, I mean, it doesn't take long. It's, it's 30 seconds or a minute. And sometimes it's just one simple text. Sometimes it turns into a 20 minute conversation. Sometimes it turns into a, a phone call. But I mean, that's just, that's when you're living for somebody other than yourself, that's what it looks like, you know, because then it's not just all, how's Chris doing today? I mean, I still have my struggles just because I have a Christian. That's not a free pass for a perfect life. I think you guys know that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. No doubt. It, I think it's a lot easier sometimes too, to step outside of your comfort zone when you're living for somebody else as well. Right. I mean, I think a lot of times we can get trapped in a bubble where, you know, we got my, you got your group of friends and you're, you're talking to your group of friends, but you, there, there's the fringe people that you haven't talked to in a while and you kind of avoid them because you haven't talked to them in a while. You don't know how to open up a conversation. And I think living for somebody else and it, you know, the, the blessing is you get to realize that it's the little things that actually count. It really is the little things. Yeah. Yes. I mean, really super cool story. Not, not that we're going to get into industry stuff too much, but I don't, you know, since I hired our sales manager six years ago, I don't really run a lot of the sales side of stuff, but I still do the military discount stuff because that's my, that's my passion. That was one thing that God gave me a heart for after I was born again was veterans. That's why I started my veterans nonprofit. If it wasn't for my relationship with Christ, HHA USA wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a thing. Um, but all the military discount inquiries that come into our website, come into me. It's that's my email address. Cause I want to work with those folks directly. And it was about a month ago, I got an email from a guy down in San Antonio. He was a, a vet that uh, was uh, disabled, PTSD. I mean, uh, not, not physically disabled, but he went through a lot, of, a lot of junk when he was in the service and emailed me looking for a, for a military discount on our site. Because I think, I don't know if he had found me through another podcast or a mutual friend or what the deal was, but we email back and forth a little bit. And all of a sudden he tells me how he was working with veterans for the last three years to get them into the sport of archery and help rehab them. And I'm like, man, this is, this is my kind of guy. I got a, this guy's getting more than a military discount. So we end up having an hour conversation on the phone. And this was after he sent me a, uh, started following me on Instagram. And the first thing on his page was Romans 828. And I'm like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is a coincidence. Yeah. Right. And uh, he's in the middle of his archery shop and I'm sharing my testimony with him and he's crying in the middle of his archery shop. Okay. And, awesome. and we're, we're both crying and, and long story short, he's now flying up here in May to meet me and come to our first archery shoot of the season. That's wow. awesome, man. Very cool. You, you can't make that stuff up. No, you just, no. You, you can't make that stuff up. Um, no, you can't. It, it's amazing how God can bring people into your life, you know, just like that. And, and things, 
I think that that's things can happen so fast when you're doing the right things, you know, and, and, and you don't realize the change that can happen and how fast the change can be. I, I think we spend a lot of our lives kind of in a monotony and kind of avoiding, you know, you, you hear change is a bad word all the time, right? Um, nobody likes to change. Nobody. Well, I, I kind of like it. I, I got to be honest with you. I love the challenge of seeing what's going to come next and not really knowing what's going to come next, knowing that whatever it is, God's putting in front of me for a reason. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what change about. I don't like all these gray hairs coming in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's wisdom, my friend. Wisdom. Yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> I mean, you talk about change. I mean, obviously, going from being who I was to now being somebody that's going to be six years sober in June. I mean, that that's a radical change. And I mean, it definitely your circles of friends change. Yeah. You know, even close friends, sometimes even family, unfortunately, I mean, because you're, you're one way and then you're another way when you're with Christ and, and it definitely causes some, some tensions. Yeah. But I mean, I don't like it. It's not ideal, but at the same time, I mean, look at what Christ went through. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and I think you, you said earlier as well, they're, they, they, hopefully prayerfully, they're going to see that difference in your life. Right. They're going to look at you the same way that you looked at your wife's family and said, there's something different about him. And exactly. I want to find out what it is. Yeah. You know, so you, you have that, you have that, that hope that, that, you know, someday, hopefully you can be that influence that other people were to you for sure. No, I mean, yeah. it's cool. Cause obviously we've been in the archery industry for a long time and I, I love what we've been able to accomplish on that side of things, but I'm, I'm even more excited about, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I, this might be my last day on earth or I might be here for another 46 years. But I mean, as long as I'm going to be here, I now, I now work for Christ. I have my own business, but I tell people, he just lets me play with bow and arrows for eight hours a day. You know what I mean? <laughs> I work for, I work for Jesus 24 seven. So I love it, man. It's hilarious. That's like a, it's like working in your hobby. You know, if you find a hobby you like and you get to work in it. So that is pretty cool. That is really, cool. I was going to say earlier though, it is interesting to me how, everybody has like different struggles. Like, so for me, like alcohol is definitely not a struggle. Like I could drink like with Tim, we could go have drinks and all that, but it's not even a big deal. Like the next day we would be like, eh, I don't want to drink today. Let's go. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, but it's interesting, like yourself, you had an issue where you'd want to drink every day or whatever. And some people it's drugs, some people it's spending, maybe they can't stop spending money, you know, like it could be anything that, although that one, well, that one could be bad, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, everybody's i guess my point in this this conversation here i'm saying is that is that you have to find the positives in god or whatever it's going to help pull you through that moment no matter what the struggle is and although you know some people can relate to you because they had alcohol problems but others who don't but like you were saying earlier maybe it's a drug addiction or something else um you know look to god look to jesus to help find that path forward and put yourself where you need to be i mean it's it's you know and, and sometimes music helps do that and that it, it's music has been an inspiration to me for years it's been an inspiration to you chris and i know tim for sure so that yeah. might be the first step in order to get them into the next phase of you know being baptized again or whatever it needs to be you know to move forward yeah, yeah no, no doubt I mean, and, and I, I think, and it's not, you know, I think, I think what you're talking about is like more, more addiction. It's not always that. I mean, there, there's a, there's a real issue in a lot of people's lives with just anger, frustration, you know, not, not having that joy, the absence of joy. I think a lot of people tend to be angry people. Um, and that, that in and of itself can become an addiction, right? That, that emotional, that, that emotional roller coaster. 
that you can feel. And I, I think absolutely, I think there's a lot of commonality between Chris's story and no matter what the struggle is. And sometimes you have to hit rock bottom and you're not ready to hear the message. You're not ready to, to take that next step until you hit rock bottom. But at the, at, at the end of the day, no matter what, the people that have gone through it and have come out on the better side of it have had hope and have found faith and to be able to get through the struggles that they're going through. No, and it's I mean, not by their own power. It's yeah, it's it's nothing that nothing that I did. I just yeah. I, I had nowhere else to turn. You know, yeah. when 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 your face is on the floor, there's nowhere else to look but up. No doubt. Yeah, no I think doubt. like I said, there's so many different types of struggles and stories and uh, um you know people just overcoming such amazing things in life i mean there's so many people that have overcome um addictions to become very important people in life so it's very interesting when you when we talk about that because you could see that the changes over time on people and how you know they've overcome that and hopefully the people that you've left behind or you had to leave behind based on you know alcohol were able to find that themselves at some point to get away from that if they also you know share that same issue yeah. there is uh, i don't know if you guys saw it i think it was last one day last week <clears throat> there's a guy that i connected with on facebook i've never even spoken to him but we're, we're facebook friends but his name's michael brooks and he he's a, a veteran had really bad ptsd and got hooked on meth and it was i think it was four years ago last week that he was basically basically dying and I think in an abandoned house on a dirty dirt floor and boom the, the light switch just went on and it was a struggle but he got clean and he started a, a veterans nonprofit in Arkansas and they've, they've saved over 300 veterans in the last wow. four years because of that that's absolutely amazing and that's that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's I mean I get I get goosebumps just talking about it. I mean that's a, that's a god story no doubt I mean here's no a here's a guy that was that was literally left for dead that was killing himself because of of meth and yep. but god had another plan for him and, and picked him up off that floor and cleaned him up and now now look at what he's doing i mean you just you can't That's make incredible. that stuff up yeah so so chris you know for some if somebody is struggling out there what what and i know this is a big ask and it's not and i don't want to be you know a, too heavy of a question but what advice can you give them Whew. um it's difficult to stop what you're doing, especially if it's, if it brings you gratification, if it brings you fame, if it brings you popularity, it's tough. It's really, really tough, but, but too much of anything is, is never a good thing. Um, and, and after a while, I mean, to, to me, it was just the same old mundane thing. And I don't know if it was once I hit my mid thirties, but I mean, I, it would, if I went out and really tied one on, it would take me a good two days till, to the point where I was feeling myself again. Yeah. Um, and I mean, don't, don't be embarrassed. I mean, talk to somebody, talk to somebody, talk to, talk to a friend, talk to, you know, counseling is, is a tough, tough gig. I didn't have to go through counseling. I mean, I just knew I, I wasn't a guy that drank every day. It was, it was a Friday, Saturday, and maybe a random night during the week. But when I went out, it wasn't one. No, if it I was went out at seven o'clock or if I went out at nine o'clock, I was coming home at three o'clock regardless. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was there until the place closed and I, and I was the life of the party. Um, but it, it's not all it's cracked up to be. And the funny thing was, is when I, when I left that scene, 
so many of those people just went away. And I don't mean any offense if, if, if some of those people are listening tonight or somehow somehow hear this. Yeah, we, we had fun, but that that's over. And and I don't I don't hold a grudge against anybody for for walking away at that point. But I mean, as long as my bar tab was open, I, I have a lot of friends. And when I was paying the bill, I had a lot of friends. <laughs> but when, when that part of me went away, a lot of those people did, too. So. Yeah. Uh, but, but now I look at the relationships that I have and it's, it's just 180 degrees. I mean, I just had, had breakfast with a good friend this morning. I've known him for 25 years and I knew he was a Christian back then, but now we're, now we're brothers in Christ. So now our relationship is on a totally different level. Yeah. So you, you um, actually, you actually remind me of a buddy of mine that, you know, I, I really good friend of mine, actually, that, that has struggled for years and years and years with, um, you know, the big drinking, right. It's not, it's not a full-time Monday through Friday thing. It's uh, I have a drink on a, on a Friday night and I don't stop until Sunday, you know, type of deal. And uh, you know, he, he struggled for a long time, continue to pray for him. And he's had good moments and, you know, he's doing really, really great right now in regards to keeping it under control. Um, and I put that in quotes because I think that that's the, the pitfall that a lot of people can fall into is to say that I can, I can control it. I can keep it under control. Well, you know, when, when you're going through that and something can affect you and something can dig at you and grab you that deeply, being in control means giving up, you know, there, in, in a lot of ways. I, you know, it's a very big struggle, I think, sometimes that for people to fall in that trap to say, I can control it or I cannot drink for a week or a month and I'm okay because I can do that. Well, if you go right back to that, are you really doing anything different? You know, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it, I mean, and maybe this is just a coincidence, maybe it's not, but I mean, bars are typically open from six or seven o'clock at night until three in the morning. All, all the, all the bad stuff happens after dark. And if, any, if you've done any reading in the Bible, you know, <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of junk going on in the dark. So, so unless I don't you're know. in Dave's house at Dave's house, I don't know. He's got some weird ghosts going on in there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, you, I, I kind of got off on a tangent, but I mean, you asked for advice. I mean, one thing to remember is that you, regardless of what you've done, what kind of a hole you're in, what kind of a person you think you've been, you're, you're never out of the reach of God. You never are. I mean, that was one of the first things I remember from one of the sermons that I heard at our church is that, you know, my pastor said, you can basically run all the way around the world and you can turn around sorry, but God's going to be right over your shoulder. You, yeah. you can run as far and as fast as you want. And he's, he's right there. Uh, you, if you I'm, ask I'm, for help, he'll be there. I'm, I'm I mean, living, that's, that's living a, proof of that. So yeah, it's, it's been a, been an awesome ride. I mean, every, every day I wake up and I just, my big analogy is that I get hit with a fire hose. There's, there's some days that'll go by and there, there's not a lot going on. I mean, it's just me doing my thing and there might be one or two things that'll happen. And then the next week it's like, I'm out. <laughs> Where did this come from? <laughs> Let me get up and drive myself off. I mean, they're just <laughs> uh, smile and nod. That's my big, my big phrase. I think I want to put that on a coffee mug and a hat and a t-shirt. I just, all I could do is smile and nod. So I love it, Chris, man. It, awesome talking to you. I can't, you know, can't thank you enough for really coming on here and, and willing to share your story and your testimony. I think that's, you know, Dave and I love to talk to each other and with each other and let people in on our conversations that we're having in our podcasts. 
Um, but stories like yours, man, I mean, they're, they're just so heartfelt and touching and people need to hear it, man. We, we, you know, Dave and I have our, have our own past that we've grown up with, you know, our own separate journeys that we've been on. And I think it's really important for people to understand that no matter what you're going through, I can pretty much guarantee you somebody else has gone through it and come out better for it. Absolutely. And that, that's, that's the reassurance that, that anybody else that's struggling should take away too. They're, they're not the only one. There's somebody else that is in their shoes that has been in their shoes and that's come out the other side better for it. So absolutely. Uh, I, I love, I love what you guys are doing. When Dave told me about this, I'm like, I'm in. It's awesome, just, man. It's cool. <laughs> not, not that I don't like talking about what I do for a living, but this, this stuff is really where my, where I come alive, you know, cause that's, it's God's story. Who, who, absolutely. Who want to tell that and be a part of it. And we all need yeah. it, man. Every single one of us. Absolutely. Let's see. Yeah, thanks, Chris, for joining us. And uh, Chris, we'll be back uh, eventually here. We'll definitely have on more. In fact, I do want to get Chris on some other people that we've had on and will have on because it'll be fun to have a nice four-way conversation about some of these things. But we'll try to get some topics in there so we know what we're going to talk about first, you know, but it'll be fun. So Hey, this was this was cool. I'm, I'm game. So, Good deal, man. Right. Awesome. Thanks, thanks lot, everybody guys. for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks again, Chris. We'll see you guys. Take care.